It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Six oh six the time. It is a Tuesday. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. You know, I would say, normally I say, there's a lot to cover today. Actually, there's not. I was just telling Miss Mary this. I was looking at what was available to talk about today, and I scour through loads and loads of news every day. And when I do this, I usually find all sorts of interesting things to bring to you guys. But today, most of what was out there, since we're getting really close to Election Day, is just different uh tit-for-tat arguing between politicians, a lot of drama that's actually created by the news media, so they have something to write about. So it's just useless drama that you don't need to know about. And then, of course, useless, wasteful polls that don't do anything. The closer we get to election time, the more polls will be written And then commentators will write opinion pieces based on those polls. And yet all of it is garbage and means nothing to you. There's only one poll that matters. What actually happens on election day. So that's what I went through most of today and just kept sweeping it aside going, that's garbage. You don't need to know about this. But here's one thing I did find out as I was going through the news this morning. So some more climate nuts. Remember those kids last week? that took some Campbell's, I think it was Campbell's soup, but it was tomato soup, and they went to a Van Gogh painting, and they splashed the soup on the painting, and then they poured some super glue on their hands and stuck their hands to the wall just below the painting, and then started screaming their climate change protests. The nice thing is, because nutballs like that exist, The painting is framed and behind glass, so nothing actually happened to the painting. So that was a waste of their time. And then there were uh, people spilling milk all over the place. The climate protesters going to grocery stores and just pouring milk out all over the place, as if this is supposed to convince you of anything. The latest, throwing mashed potatoes on Monet pieces. And it looks like the mashed potatoes had some kind of gravy on it because it's a yellow color. Story says just nine days after climate doom fanatics threw tomato soup on a Vincent van Gogh framed of sunflower paint in the National Gallery in London. The apocalyptic name Last Generation Group has struck in a similar way hurling mashed potatoes at a Claude Monet. Why are they picking some of my favorite artists? I don't know which recently sold for $110 million in a museum in Germany before they glued their hands to the wall and settled in for a long day of climate hysteria, mythology, propaganda, sloganeering, all annoying and stupid. Where are they getting this from, by the way? Well, according to The Guardian on Sunday, one of the climate clowns explained after throwing the... uh, potatoes at the Monet, mashed potatoes. People are starving. People are freezing. People are dying. Start a move. 
So let's have a food fight at a museum, I guess. All right. We are in a climate catastrophe, the last generation continued. And all of you are afraid of this tomato soup or mashed potatoes? I'm afraid because science tells us that we won't be able to feed our families by 2050. Pause just a moment here. How many times, and I've run through, I've run through the list many times over, how many times have we been told that people will be starving? I've read for you on this program long lists of doomsday scenarios. That didn't come true. But these young people are believing these doomsday scenarios. And I would think that part of where they're getting this from is in, well, fanatics in schools. But there's also fanatical groups out there. And don't forget, we're dealing with the cults of climate change. So that's where they're getting this from. So I decided last night, as I was looking at this, let's go ahead and challenge what they're saying. Because it needs to be. Some people have. But now these young people are so hysterical in their beliefs. They're not listening. Okay, so you want to get rid of coal, gas, and oil because you're afraid that people will die if we don't. All right. How many people will die if we do? Have they thought about that? How many people will actually die if we do? And I started by going through a list of some things. And we've gone through a list like this before. But just take a look at a list of some things. We produce energy here in Wyoming. Let's focus on oil for a minute. So you want your wind and solar panels, wind power and solar panels. Well, I hate to break this to you, but you're not going to make those without petroleum products. In order to make the lightweight composite materials that make the turbine blades, you need petroleum products. You're not going to make them without it. So there go your wind turbines. Now let's take a look at solar panels. In order to make solar panels, take a look at what comprises a solar panel, how they're created. Not all of, but much of what goes into solar panels is created with petroleum products. So you're not going to make those without that. Then, in order to make the metals for your wind and solar-powered farms, well, metals, a lot of them have to be melted down at a very high temperature. And in order to get those high temperatures, well, you're going to have to burn things like coal. So... Sorry, guys, you're not going to be able to make these things to save the planet unless you have things like coal, natural gas, and oil. You're just not going to be able to create them. Now, if you're not creating the wind and solar, and oh, by the way, that gets rid of your electric cars. But then take a look around you just at your everyday life. The clothes on your back, the food in your belly, the house that you live in. I have a long list in front of me that I'll go through as, as the morning goes on, but I have a long list here in front of me. Take a look at what's around you. How much of this stuff is created with coal, gas, and oil? And if you were to get rid of these products, where would we be? Well, I can go back to, you know, the dark ages, middle ages, you know, we can live like that. But I can also go to countries like Africa, for example. Well, countries, I'm sorry, continents like Africa. 
and go to certain countries that are just, wow, are they just in sad shape. And what they need to get themselves out of the sad shape that they're in is energy. Now, if you're thinking, well, we'll send them some wind power down there. We'll send them some solar panel. They cannot create those things again without you know, coal, gas, and oil. But then also, really, to get going, they're going to need coal, gas, and oil in order for them to work themselves out of poverty. Now, if your thought is, but to do that, you have to pollute. Actually, we used to. We used to have to pollute, but we figured out how to do this with very little impact on the environment. Over the years, we've gotten very good at this. Just got to make sure that companies that drill and dig for a living keep up with environmental standards. Because there's a whole list of things that we get. Well, I'm going to get into in the next segment here. Food as well. Medicines. If you want to take care of people, prevent them from starving. Because one of the complaints about this last generation group is we're going to run out of food. No, if we don't use petroleum products, as one example, you're going to run out of food and billions of people will starve. So if you want to feed these billions of people, you're going to have to use petroleum products. This is part of the disconnect. They don't understand where things actually come from. If there were an understanding of where things come from, I could understand, I, I would agree with their argument. Okay, we're going to use coal, gas, and oil, but we're going to make sure that we do it clean. That argument I would agree with, I would get. But their argument is we're going to stop using it altogether. We're never going to use it again. Well, if you want a catastrophe, if you want billions of people to die for multiple reasons, then you want to end the use of coal, gas, and oil. And I'll show you how in the next few minutes. 616 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Six twenty two is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. All right, so what I'm going through here is some cult of climate change activists. And that's something we really do. I, I know you, many of you listening, agree with me on this, but get the point across to the rest of the world. What we're dealing with here is a doomsday cult. And so when you have some young people who call themselves the last generation and they're throwing stuff at famous paintings to get attention, super gluing themselves to stuff. And hysterically, when you listen to them talk, pouring milk out at grocery stores, and when you listen to them talk, they're in hysterics, right? Talking about how we just have a few years left, and if we don't do something about it, all of these catastrophes are going to happen. And yet, they have no exit straight. Not only is the science wrong on what they're saying, but they have no replacement or exit strategy. You want to get rid of coal, gas, and oil. And replace it with what? And when you take a look at what we're doing with coal, gas, and oil, and how the human race is what it is today, I mean, we used to live in absolute squalor, starvation, and disease until we started using these products. And we found so many uses for them. And you want to end that and bring us back literally to living in mud huts 
Nothing for hospitals or transportation. Not sure where the next meal is coming from. Somebody gets sick, not a whole lot we can do about it. That's what you would bring us back to. Now, some of the comments, Chet and Yoder, morning Chet. Uh, Brian and Casper. Casper is filled with our green wind turbine parts. Jim also in Casper. The Chancellor of Germany is the cult of climate change leader in that country. He drank the Kool-Aid a long time ago. Now, I like Milo in Fort Danger. So the recent act was this doomsday cult, some, some kids from the doomsday cult, went to a Monet painting and threw mashed potatoes and gravy at the painting. Nice thing is, again, it's behind glass and all of that, right? Milo says, can't believe they would use brown gravy when the country gravy is the best. I'm with you on that. No, I'm absolutely with you on that. There's, look, any kind of gravy that you want to put on the mashed potatoes is fine with me, but I agree with that. I think the country gravy is the best for that. So, okay, let's take a look at just a few, a few of the things that we use oil products for. Okay, all plastic is made from petroleum. So stop right there. Also, when you take a look at your electric cars, your wind and solar panels, wind turbine solar panels, you cannot build those without petroleum products. Okay, a lot of what goes into those materials that make them lightweight and strong and durable and et cetera, et cetera, comes from petroleum materials. So this... Uh, this cult of climate change, they have no backup plan because they won't even be able to build wind and or even maintain repair what's out there to keep the electric grid going if we keep it all in the ground, like they say. Plastic is everywhere, the story says, in cars, houses, toys, computers, and clothing. Asphalt used in the road construction is a petroleum product, as in the synthetic rubber in tires. Paraffin wax comes from petroleum. Fertilize. Now, here's this is important. Because this group is saying, if we don't do something about it, millions of human beings will starve. Of course, we've been facing that prediction. Remember the book by Paul Ehrlich, The Population Bomb? Well, we were supposed to have hit overpopulation by the year 2000. And over half of humanity was supposed to be dead by now because we wouldn't be able to produce the food to feed them. Well, our population has far exceeded what that book predicted that was sustainable. And we have a surplus of food on the planet. If anybody in any country is starving, it's not because we don't have a surplus of food. It's a matter of getting the food to them. And usually that's because of war, conflicts, things like that. But okay. In order to produce this food, fertilizers, pesticides, herbicides, those things are needed. It used to be, for those who were all going to go natural and organic, well, let's do that for a minute. Let's take a look at the time when we used to farm without herbicides and pesticides and certain kinds of fertilizers as well. Well, it would take a massive amount of land just to produce a little bit of food. Today, though, we can produce a massive amount of food on very little land. That's how we're able to produce so much. And most of the plants survive because herbicides, pesticides, and fertilizers. 
So for those people who say, You're gonna, the planet's going to starve if we don't stop using oil. No, the planet will starve if we stop using oil. They've got that completely backwards. They have no idea where anything comes from. These are the same people when they plug in their iPhone. They don't know where their iPhone came from. They don't know where the electricity comes from to charge their iPhone. They have no idea. And if they shut all of this down, one day they're going to wake up in a dark house. They're going to wonder why food has not been delivered to their grocery stores. If somebody gets sick, they won't be able to go to the hospital because the hospital is not going to be able to take care of them because we're not using petroleum products anymore. Oh, I'm just getting warmed up here. This goes a long way. We'll get into it. Coming up on 6.30. Local news is coming your way. Right after local news. Update on your weather forecast. Then you and I continue on this long, long list that I have here. Triple eight ninety seven Woods the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Wake up, Wyoming. Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Something on your mind? Join in at 888-97-WOODS. Six thirty-six. the time. Wake up, Wyoming. If you're just joining me, so what I'm talking about is the doomsday cult that is going around throwing food items or trying to do some kind of damage to famous paintings, Van Gogh, Monet. They have to pick some of my favorites, right? And other various protests, pouring milk out, stuff like that. And they call themselves the last generation because it's all over real soon unless we do something right now. And they're going into hysterics and demanding an end to the use of all coal, gas, and oil. So I'd reached the point where I, you know, if you want starvation, stop using oil, for example, no energy, can't even build your wind and solar farms and you can't build electric cars and other things like that without the use of petroleum products. Sorry, you can't. You can't use metals of any kind, really, unless you can reach a certain temperature in the smelting process, you're going to need coal. You can't do that by using wind power for that. All right, now, let's get into, somebody got sick, they went to the hospital, right? We would, of course, want them taken care of. Certain medicines cannot be made without petroleum products. Take a look at, in a hospital, the equipment they use, from the MRI machines to all sorts of other equipment to keep the heart going, the brain going, sew up wounds, the list just goes on and on and on. And many of these medicines and much of the equipment that's used in hospitals would not exist without petroleum products. So when it comes to who's going to die here, go ahead, keep all petroleum products in the ground and watch how many people die because, well, there's really not much a hospital can do once we get rid of those products. There's not a whole lot a hospital can do. It basically plunges them back into the dark ages. Let's see, detergents, 
Oh, phonograph records are back. Yeah, okay. Um, furniture, packing material, paints, artificial fibers used in clothing, upholstery, and carpet, solvents, and also a lot of things that we use to keep uh, the gears turning, essentially. You know, because we need to lubricate things. Ballpoint pens, eh? Okay. Uh, upholstery, sweaters, boots, insect. Oh, that reminds me. Here we are getting into winter. Get into winter time. You're going to need to put something on you to keep nice and warm, right? Well, much of the materials used to keep you warm on the coldest nights come from petroleum products. So, what do you what do you plan to do to keep warm? And if you're thinking, well, we're just going to go ahead and use, like, wool and stuff like that. Oh, you're going to do it the old-fashioned way? Okay, by the way, you're going to need a lot of a lot of sheep out there to make that kind of wool. And I thought you wanted to get rid of that kind of livestock because of flatulent problems. Jeanette is in Cheyenne. Morning. Good morning. I don't know why Wyoming just don't do their own drilling and producing for the U.S. and our own state. Right. So you think we should just keep it all in-house? Yeah. yeah. That's not a bad idea, actually, because I think I mentioned that yesterday. We can get around a lot of federal laws if we kept it on private property in Wyoming land, and we can produce a lot and never have to worry about the federal government anymore. No. Yeah. And another issue I wanted to talk about was all the missing kids from Riverton, okay. Wyoming, from the Indian Reservation. Right. Oops, and that was it. Okay. So uh, yeah, I've talked yesterday briefly about putting it all in-house. We could put it in-house if we wanted to, but we would have to have most of the land in Wyoming is owned by the federal government. We'd have to make it Wyoming land. And then we can go ahead and produce a lot in-house and not worry about the federal government anymore. So we could do that, yeah. But back to the cult of climate change here. Let me see. Oh, for those people who would like to get around... Because, well, look, let's get rid of automobiles. We're, we're just going to get around on bicycles. Bicycle tires, you got to keep those gears lubricated. Let's see. Uh, fishing equipment, okay. That's more food and stuff. And dishwasher stuff. A lot of the things that you use to keep your clothes clean. And yourself clean is too. Yeah, when you go to take a shower and so on. Petroleum jelly. Tape, boxes of different kinds, helmets. Oh, a lot of safety gear. A lot of safety gear is made out of petroleum products. All sorts of different kinds of safety gear. Modern day shoes, putty dyes, life jackets, car batteries, batteries in general. You're not going to make batteries unless you're using petroleum products, natural gases, and so on. Let's see, roofing products, lotions, uh, different kinds of roofing materials, aspirin, safety glasses, antifreeze, uh, and it goes into detergents again, sunglasses, stuff like that. Your telephones, your modern-day uh, telephones, it goes into all sorts of uh, food products as well that's here that would not be made without coal, gas, and oil. And yet these people just want to end it all. We're just going to keep it all in the ground because if we don't, look how many people are going to die. 
Well, the answer is, if we stop using this stuff, look at how many people are going to die. 642, Wake Up Wyoming. Good morning. If it's happening in Wyoming, it's on Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods from K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. 6.49 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off to the icebox we go. Frank Gambino is waiting by. So uh, congratulations to this young lady here in Wyoming. She went out and uh, bagged her first, uh, what was this here, elk. Okay. okay. And, and, how old, that's good. Yeah. and how old was she? Uh, let me see here. Teenager. It doesn't say the exact age here, but teenager. Um, Lander High School. Nice okay. Name is Sadie. Okay. And she did it wearing a pair of Crocs. With a floral design on them, okay, which she says she will never wash because those are her lucky Crocs. Oh, I, I yeah, yeah, okay. and they they are stained now not just with mud but the blood of her kill. Yeah. Well, <laughs> she she got the right footing out there, you yeah, know. I mean, okay. uh, wow, good for her. She goes out there with her Crocs, and now that the Crocs have the blood of her kill on them, that is now her lucky Crocs. So how how often do you think that she can wear those? Before they eventually wear out in the wilderness, is, is she going to wear them to her wedding? I no, no. I think maybe just hunting is oh, where she oh, plans oh, to. Oh, oh, oh! I mean, you could. There's a lot of things, you know. You can go to prom. Yeah, you know, wearing a Crocs. Yeah, the, the, your graduation. Go to the grocery store to pick up a loaf of bread wearing your bloody Crocs. I mean, that's you know. Well, I, and then people will go, yeah. "Hey, you scored out there!" Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. They they were so pretty. They had this nice uh, white Crocs with this blue floral design, and now there's like elk's blood all over them. So, her schoolmates were impressed, however, but that's Wyoming for you. <laughs> she, no one's freaking out. She goes to school and all the kids look at the bloody Crocs and go, oh, cool. Yeah. How big was it? What kind of rifle did you use? That's Wyoming kids for you, Frank. Yes, that's awesome. College football, Wyoming Cowboy running back Titus Swim was named the Mountain West Conference Offensive Player of the Week. He ran for 160 yards and three touchdowns in the Pokes 28-14 win over Utah State on Saturday in Laramie. The junior had 600 and has 665 yards rushing this season, and that ranks third in the league. The Cowboys uh, weren't exactly flashy on Saturday night, but they were effective with a whopping 330 yards on the ground on 50 carries. Quarterback Andrew Peasley, 13 of 26 for 199 yards with no TD passes. The Cowboy defense held Utah State to 113 yards of rushing and 104 yards passing. That's the kind of stuff head coach Craig Bull is looking for. Defensively, it was really an excellent performance by our defense with the exception of one drive. But outside of that, I thought we really played pretty much lights out. So really pleased with that. Did get the running game going. Uh, there was only going to be, we thought, so many opportunities. But sooner or later, we could have a chance to make some big plays, which we did. We had one early with Titus, but it was great to have two backs over 100 yards. Uh, thought Andrew uh, managed the game and made some uh, plays. The Cowboys are 5-3 and three overall, 3-1 three and one in Mountain West Conference play with a road game at Hawaii on Saturday night. In the NFL, Denver Bronco quarterback Russell Wilson listed as day-to-day for Sunday's game against Jacksonville, which will be in London. Wilson missed Sunday's 16-9 debacle to the New York Jets to drop the Broncos to 2-5 and five on the year, and that offense has just been brutal, averaging just 14 points a game. Quarterback Brett Rippon in this Jets game threw for 225 yards, going 24-46. Not exactly a great performance, but it wasn't really all his fault. 
There's issues all over the place, and the season is quickly slipping away for Denver. High school volleyball, those regional tournaments begin on Friday. Cheyenne will host the 4A East. Laramie has the number one seed uh, from the south. Cheyenne East has a number two seed. Natrona has a number two seed from the north. Central, a three seed from the south, and Cheyenne South has a four seed. The 4A West Regional will be in Riverton. Kelly Walsh will be the, one of the number one seeds in that deal. The 3A East Regional will be in Wheatland. The 3A West and Lovell Burns will host the 2A East Tournament, with Lander hosting the 2A West and the 1A West. Southeast and Yoder will host the 1A East, and the State High School Volleyball Tournament will be next week in Casper. In baseball, the World Series will start on Friday as Philadelphia will take on Houston. Now, Houston has been to the World Series four times in the last six years, and Philly's making their first appearance in the Fall Classic since 2009. The Astros eliminated the New York Yankees in four straight in the American League Championship Series, with the Phillies beating San Diego in five games in the National League Championship Series. That's in sports. And Frank's trying to figure out which team he hates the least so he can root for them. But yeah, Philadelphia's probably the team I hate the least. Yeah, okay. Right, so. you know, Houston, you know, they cheated, and they, they seem to have gotten by that now, finally, you know, after... You know, you can't be banging on garbage cans to indicate which pitcher it is. Pitch yeah. it is. You know, you, you fire your manager, you fire your general manager, and they can still continue to win. Right. You know, so, okay. Okay. If, if, if you have moved by that, and that, you know, and, and then people think that you've moved by that, yes. then people can, can gravitate so to that. So at some point, you maybe, maybe in 30 years, you might be able to forgive Houston. It, it, maybe. Maybe, okay. I, you could forgive them. Yeah. But you cannot forget no, them. No, you cannot forget them. All right. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on, boy, holding a grudge. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. And we'll roll into news time. National, local update on the weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. Six of times. Wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. So I got some bad news for some people out there who work at one of the uh, busiest coffee shops across America. And, and I, I think they might be the largest coffee shop chain across America. This is what you get when you demand stuff that just is not realistic in a free market system. Here's the headline. Trouble brewing. You see, it's a coffee reference. You get it? Because they have to throw in a coffee reference because it's about a coffee shop. Oh, that's so clever. I like Major update that Starbucks has a new tech promise to better help uh, customers experience. So some things are going to get kind of technical there. But it's unpopular with the staff. Starbucks has announced new technology that promises a better customer experience. Coffee giant, meaning I don't, if that means that I don't have to deal with some of the people behind the counter, then I'm all for it. But okay, Coffee Giant is set to implement a system to cut down on work done by employees with new automated tech, but baristas believe it could remove the handmade element for drinks. Well, it's one of the things that people like when they go there. By the way, don't call most of what you get at Starbucks coffee because most of it is not coffee. Oh, you might have dropped a little shot of coffee somewhere in there, but that's not a coffee. 
The new siren system called Byer introduced by Starbucks, part of the company's reinvention strategy, which will use some momentum gained during the pandemic to push the business into, well, more automation. Add-ins for cold drinks and extra shots of espresso and things like this could all be automated. So in other words, as it is, you walk up into Starbucks now, you talk to somebody, right? But this could slowly start automating the system. Now, some are saying, well, this will never completely replace the baristas that are there. Now, let's define what exactly is a barista. A barista, not in every case, but in many cases, a barista is someone who is about $150,000 in debt to a university with a bunch of useless degrees. And they have no way that they're ever going to pay that off. So they do what that degree is good for. They spend about $150,000 to be a barista because they cannot use those degrees to get a job anywhere else. So they wind up working at Starbucks. Then there are people who I admire much more who are college students. They're going to college, but they needed a job. And a coffee shop seemed like a neat idea. Those are people who are just doing this temporarily and are just working a part-time job as they work their way through college, which is what a coffee shop really should be for most young people. However, some Starbucks employees have slammed the new system, saying it will strip half their job away. One partner posted a humorous TikTok after the announcement saying, please, I am absolutely fine. There's nothing to worry about uh, before cutting a horrified look in front of the cold bar. Uh, she sparks up a conversation with the uh, other baristas about the frustration that they have because some of their jobs are being automated. Why do we need a machine to scoop ice for us? That's the easiest part. And someone else commented, no, it's because, well, th there will be a, a terrible waste and th this is taking our jobs away. Many partners have been overwhelmed by the increase of workload as sales have increased drive-through offers. Now, part of the reason for this to be very clear and fair about it is Starbucks is one of those places that they have been pushing the idea of a $15 an hour minimum wage which again is an artificial minimum wage. You gotta pay us a living wage. You're a barista. You don't work for a living wage and you get hopefully enough tips to offset, but you're not supposed to be really making a living at this unless maybe you're the owner of the coffee shop, but most people who work there work part-time. It's not meant to be a living wage job, but some of these people thought that it was supposed to be. And because of that, automation might slowly be taking over even your coffee shop. This is why a while back I suggested to you guys, if you want to invest in something, you're looking where to put your money. So when you retire, you know your money's working for you. 
Well, many years ago, I saw this coming and came up with a solution. Have you ever heard of the American Automation Association? Oh, probably not. We're a company that produces high-quality automation systems, the kind that replace employees, thus saving corporations lots of money and increasing their personal profits. Now, no doubt you've seen some of our inventions every day. The self-serve automated checkout at the grocery store, thus saving money on checkout clerks. The self-serve gas pump. That was us, too. No need for an attendant. The ATM machine at your local bank. Yep, that was us. And so many more gadgets that are behind the scenes that you may not even know about, like the automation machine at this very radio station that eliminates the need for a full-time employee to man the board. On behalf of the American Automation Association, we would like to thank the Democrat Party for pushing a minimum wage increase up to $15 an hour. Each time the minimum wage is increased, we at the AAA get more business from companies looking to get rid of their lower wage employees and replace them with automation. A $15 an hour minimum wage increase would be a boom for our business. Also, thanks for heaping piles of rules and regulations on local companies as well, and taxes and Obamacare. Thanks to socialism, business at American Automation is booming. Red and Casper, guess what happens when you demand higher wages for unskilled work? The company is going to automate. Yeah. Is the work that you do actually producing enough profit to pay you that wage that you want? If not, then maybe you better improve your skill set. Now, you might wonder, so how is this supposed to look? I mean, when you walk into a Starbucks, and the process for making not just a cup of coffee, okay, but a more um, complicated drink, which, again, I don't consider that to be a coffee, but a more complicated drink. What exactly does that look like? How does the automation machine work? Well, here's an explanation. Now, basically, the only new principle involved is that instead of power being generated by the relative motion of conductors and fluxes, yeah. It's produced by the modial interaction of magneto-reluctance oh, and capacitive-directance. I see, okay. The original machine had a base plate of pre-famulated amulite uh -huh. surmounted by a malleable logarithmic casing in such a way that the two spurving bearings the were in a direct bearings, line with it. a panometric fam. Yeah, the panometric... The lineup consisted simply of fam, six hydrocoptic marzal veins, so fitted to the ambifacient lunar wane shaft that side fumbling was effectively oh, prevented. Side fumbling the main winding was of the normal Lotus-O deltoid type placed deltoids. in panendermic semi-boloid slots in the stator. Every seventh conductor being connected by a non-reversible tremie pipe to the mm -hmm. differential girdle spring mm -hmm. on the girdle up end springs. of the gram meters. Do you women wear girdles Moreover, whenever fluorescent score motion is required, it may also be employed in conjunction with a drawn reciprocation dingle arm to dingle reduce sinusoidal deplaneration. The, the retroencabulator has now sure reached a high level that. of development, and it's being successfully used in the operation of Milford Trenions. It's available soon. Yes. Wherever Rockwell Automation products are sold. And Starbucks, apparently. That's how they're going to do that. So long as I'm on the Starbucks kick and uh, picking on them, this bit I wrote years ago, and it just never gets old. I think it's probably one of the best I ever wrote and produced. So a friend of mine who's up in Gillette, she's the barista, and I'm the customer. Hello, welcome to Coffee Cabana. Our special today is the popular Mocha Mocha Kappa Mocha Kappa. What can I blend for you today? Uh, cup of coffee, please. Uh, I'm sorry? 
Uh, just, I'm sorry, just a regular size coffee, please. That's all. Oh, uh, I, I guess I don't understand. Uh, what part of that don't you understand? Well, for one, we have several different sizes. Petite, medium, auto, forte, muy grande, and crescendo. I, I, all right. I just want a small cup of regular coffee. Well, please. But I... Uh... Okay, look. Point to the cup that's the smallest. Okay, there you go. That's the one. Oh, okay. I see. And what would you like in that? Coffee. And? Just coffee. But we have syrups and powders and toppings and frappalapalatas. Just coffee. Plain old coffee in a freaking cup. Oh, um. Look, I can take the cup. Perfect. Now, now, hold it under the coffee spout. Good. Now fill it up. There you, there you go. Now, give it to me. That's it. Yes, that's all. Well, how odd. And whatever. How much? Six fifty, sir. Sorry. Um, six fifty. How is this little cup of coffee more expensive than a gallon of gasoline in my car? I didn't even add any frappa lapa mocha crap or whatever to it. Well, sir, the beans are dried on you, you, you solar panels. Never mind. And then we use wind yeah, power. Forget it. But we're green. Look, I'll give you 20 bucks if you don't say another word. But, nope. Uh, Dot. There you go. Good girl. Might I suggest trading that for a decaf? Hard work. Hard work. Hard work. Radio's gotten up and bottom of every hour. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Seven twenty one is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name's Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Now, I'm one being more of the libertarian kind of guy where I want just as small a government as possible. And a few rules and regulations. Most things can sort themselves out just fine. We don't have to have excessive government to micromanage every part of our lives. In this case, I'm talking about uh, liquor licenses. There's a story here, Cowboy State Daily, State of Wyoming. It reads, Wyoming lawmakers to consider creating a new class of liquor license. And what in this, though, that I look at and I think, okay, one of the things that's being suggested here is dangerous but entertaining. Ace Range. Owners April Brimmer and uh, Brimmer Kuntz and her son, uh, J.B. Kuntz. They want to add alcohol sales. Now, what this is is a axe-throwing range. That's sort of a trendy thing for people to do right now. They go to these places where they learn how to throw axes. Yeah, well, I know it can be kind of fun. When I was a teenager... For the fun of it, I got into, I bought a book on how to throw knives, and and then I started getting into hatchet throwing, stuff like that, just for the fun of it. I also practiced with the bow and arrow and talk. Well, as adults, there's people who like to have these parties, and they go to a place. It's I guess it's a trend for a while. It won't last forever, but it's apparently a lot of fun. So like you would go to a shooting range, you go to a place where you get to throw axes. It says, being allowed to serve liquor would be another contributing ass. Oh, Lord. Okay. So we're going to have liquor and throw axes. Oh, what could go wrong? Anyway, 
This came about because of a business concept. This is a quote. An entrepreneurial business concept, Mr. Coon said. Former President of Wyoming State Senate before the Corporations, Elections, and Political Subdivision Committee earlier this month. This is truly an economic development concept to allow entrepreneurs to participate in the liquor laws by having a limited license. Now, now this is where, when I said more of the libertarian guy, and I like you know, very little government, personally, I wouldn't have a liquor license. You want to sell liquor? Sell liquor. If, if you're going to a barber to get your hair cut or ladies a salon, why not? Well, so to me, it's a legal product, and I wouldn't even in Wyoming, any alcohol has to go through the state and then sold to your local vendors. These were rules that were made up as we were coming out of prohibition. We don't need this kind of stuff, far as I'm concerned. Just let the market take care of it. Now, for those who would say, but we're going to have like rampant alcoholism. No, just so you know, I don't drink. I, I just never did. And I still wouldn't. So my thought is just to have it available in more places is not going to cause anyone to drink more or less than, they any, than anyone already does. Anyone who wants it will get it when they want it. They'll just have more places to get it from. So the Wyoming legislators considering a change that would dramatically alter the liquor license system in Wyoming by establishing a new category of licenses for businesses like this ice uh, axe throwing place. The tavern and an entertainment liquor license would allow businesses like that to derive at least 60% of the revenue from food, entertainment, or a combination to access a liquor license that is more specific to their services. Story says over the past decade, many experienced business types like uh, axe throwing ranges, arcades, and escape rooms have popped up around Wyoming. So imagine if you could have alcohol involved with that. I do know there's a restaurant owner that I know in Casper, Wyoming, Little Shop of Burgers. She has just a great little restaurant. And it's horror-themed, which I love, right? And she was telling me uh, that the owner, that she would love to have uh, the ability to at least sell beer while she's serving food. Well... She is uh, put in for, and she's going through the whole process of maybe getting a liquor license so she can go ahead and do that. But once again, my thought is she should have just been allowed to from the beginning. She's a restaurant. She served burgers. Maybe someone wants a beer with their burger. Why not? Why make them jump through all sorts of hoops like this? But okay. Story says to serve alcohol at their establishment, which is soon set to open, the axe-throwing places, Aces, had no other option but to compete with 10 other applicants for a single retail liquor license in Cheyenne. That type of license really didn't, this is a quote, really didn't fit our need, but was the only option that we had. So ACES, the axone throwing place, was not chosen for the license. Wyoming has several types of liquor licenses. Full retail are the most often sought after by bars that may also want to sell liquor on a retail basis. The state also has a bar and grill license granted for businesses that serve food from restaurants to alcohol for an attached bar or lounge. So my friend who owns Little Shop of Burgers, she's just looking for like, hey, you can get a beer with your meal, basically. And restaurant licenses, which will serve alcohol 
without an attached bar or lounge. Retail liquor licenses award based on community's population, a formula, get this, that has not changed since 1935. That's why I say this can't, these laws come from way back then. And I look at it, and once again, I think, and what would actually change if you just said, don't worry about a liquor license, you can sell it if you want? What actually would change? This is where I, I say a lot of these rules and regulations don't actually fix any problem. There wasn't a problem to begin with. From my view, when I look at this, it's not fixing a problem. It's just creating hoops that people have to jump through in order to be able to sell a perfectly legal product. 15 of the 16 Wyoming cities with a population larger than 5,000 people are maxed out for their allowable liquor license. 21 of the 26 cities with a population of between 1,000 and 4,999 are sold out. Uh, 30 of the 58 towns with a population of less than 1,000 people also, I guess, sold out. Competition for liquor licenses have become fierce in some Wyoming communities, the story said. Young entrepreneurs are going to have difficult time procuring liquor licenses at the current rate, according to this gentleman. So what they, what he wants to do is not just for his axe-throwing business. He's looking at this thinking, why not just let these people have a little more leeway, create another category is what he wants to do. So we can have some more competition out there and more businesses. Lee and Laramie, they did have beer, but they also paved the way for, oh, I need to go back up to what he said before that. Sorry about that, Lee. Um, he said, good morning. It's a lot of fun. We do have, uh, we do it when we go to Wisconsin. Oh, the uh, axe throwing thing. They do have beer, but they paved, they paid by the half hour. So one beer is all we got. Oh, okay. I guess that's one way to do it. Well, whatever the case is, as far as I'm concerned, this is overly complicated and cumbersome. Honestly, should be a lot more I, I would just say a lot simpler just to, just to open up a business and do what you want to do with the business without having to go through all this paperwork and committees just to do something which I think should be basic to the business. 7.29 is the time coming up on local news. Update on your weather forecast after that. Wake up, Wyoming. paper or the five o'clock news you need wake up wyoming with glenn woods mornings on k2 radio Seven thirty-six. the time it's wake up wyoming we're getting close to halloween my favorite holiday because i was born just before halloween october 30th baby now, October 31st, this is where I complained to my mom. You couldn't have waited just like another couple of minutes to make me a Halloween baby. And her answer to me, and I quote, was, wanted you the hell out. So uh, here I am. Almost was a Halloween baby. Didn't quite make it to that. Still, though, I love scary stories. My truck was running on fumes. The gas needle was way past empty. So I, I coasted to the nearest gas station. The station was empty. I should have listened to my gut. I could feel it deep down inside. The tingle on the back of my neck. 
the trash bag on the other pump, the sign just above it that looks like it was written by a Chick-fil-A cow. I did it anyway. I swiped my card, I grabbed the pump, I put the nozzle into the gas tank. For a moment, everything felt fine. Then it happened. I reached for something that wasn't there. No, don't say it. The trigger lock was missing. <laughs> I had to hold on to the pump the entire time. All 22 gallons. Ooh, I just got chills. Didn't imagine how much those 32 gallons cost the entire time he's hanging on to that. Do you know, I didn't know that. First of all, I was in, okay, I'm in Cheyenne. I'm at a gas station and I'm looking at the trigger lock and it's different. I hadn't seen one of these before. It, it's more like an actual trigger. It's not that little metal dealy that you kind of click down on the little grooves down there. No, this is more like an actual, it was a plastic trigger. Well, that's a new design. I, all my life, no one's ever come up with a new design. First time I've seen that kind of design. So there was that, right? Then I was reminded that there are some states where you're not allowed to have a trigger lock. I think Florida's one of them, anyway, where they take off the trigger lock. So you can't just go ahead and click it in and then walk away and or go wash your windows, which is what I usually do, and just let it fill up. And then, of course, it clicks itself off when it reaches almost to the top, right? So in some states, they look at that, oh, no, can't do that. Gasoline might pour all over the place. No, you have to have a trigger lock on. But let's also remind you that in some states, you're not allowed to pump your own gas. New Jersey is one of them. But in the few states where you have to have an attendant pump your gas, I've often scratched my head and wondered, and why, honestly? Yeah, but there again, there's some places that think, oh, no, we have to have those laws. We have to have gas station attendants. You are not allowed to use a trigger lock in order to pump your gas because Lord knows what happens if you do that. Here again, this gets back into why I go crazy about the constant rules and regulations that we have and why I want to get rid of nonstop committees that sit around thinking of things like this and then passing them into laws. And then, well, I know that little Halloween bit that is a first world problem. When you go to a gas station to pump gas, and in, I'm in Wyoming, we're allowed to have the trigger lock on the gas pump there. Again, I've never seen the plastic actual like a trigger before, but okay, it worked just fine. But think about it. Somebody had to sit there and think, it's too dangerous for you to have one of those and pass that as a law. But if you didn't have one of those in the state of Wyoming, you ever go to a pump and that trigger little locky deal is broken? Yeah, it gets annoying, doesn't it? And that's when you realize you are in probably one of the greatest countries on earth in one of the greatest times in history because the biggest problem that you have had so far that day, something that actually annoyed you, was the little trigger locky dealy on the gas pump thing wasn't working. And so you had to stand there and hold it all by your lonesome self the entire time. Now, if that's the biggest problem that you've had all day, your life is good. But now imagine living in a state where you're not allowed to do that. You have to hold the pump the whole time. There are some states like that where you're not allowed to have a trigger locking mechanism on the gas pump. No, by law, they force you to stand there and hold the pump the entire time. 
Yeah, I know. Again, first world problems once again. But they had to get together with some committee to think of that rather than just leaving it alone. This is why I've said many times before that my preference, if I could have my way, government would be very small. They would meet on a rare occasion and only have enough time to pass a few basic laws. Very basic stuff that we actually needed. And they wouldn't have time to sit around and think of all of this garbage, which even on the smallest scale can make our life miserable. I-80 John, here at the Hess Station, at the Hess Station in New Jersey, the attendants still wash your windshield. Do you have to tip them? 742, Wake Up Wyoming. Talk radios. Take a look. Call Glenn Woods now at 888-97-WOODS. This is Wake Up Wyoming on K2 Radio. Seven forty-five is the time. It's wake up, Wyoming. Don Day's on the line with me. See, here's here's when you make me nervous, Don. I'm watching your podcast, which you do through uh, YouTube, Cowboy State Daily, right? And you seem to be a very excited yesterday about the weather. And when you get really excited, that means things are heading our way. Yeah, we finally have some weather to talk yeah, about. Okay, I mean, for it's what it's two it's or three right. weeks there. Yeah. I mean. But you see, it's when like being a doctor with no sick people. Okay, yeah, okay. You see, now when you're bored, that means we're going to have really nice days, one after the next. That's true. So you see my problem here. Okay, now having said that, though, now it's windy the next few days, but I don't see anything particularly bad in the forecast. Well, there, if you're going to be venturing up into the high country, there's uh, and going over the mountain passes, do be prepared for slick conditions. The high country is going to continue. Seen off and on snow all the way through tomorrow night and into early Thursday morning. Our problem down here on the plains, Glenn, is just the wind. You know, nothing, nothing extraordinary. But uh, we've got a lot of uh, advisories for light and high-profile vehicles along I-80 and I-25, and it is going to be rather windy for the next couple of days. But on the plains, we could end up with a few snow showers tomorrow. But to your point, nothing that's that's major. Okay. Now, as things start to churn and swirl up above us, this is Canada spooling up their weather machine and throwing one shot after the next. So what about as we get into, say, the weekend, next week, the week after that? Right now, I think the way things are looking, I don't see anything really significant between Friday and let's say I think we have a chance of maybe getting through Halloween night with nothing too bad other than some windy areas and cool temperatures. So, knock on wood, we'll see if we can squeeze in a good Halloween. But just after Halloween, we are watching a potential change to colder weather for the first week in November. There's disagreements uh, that you normally get on the long-range charts, but we certainly see a potential for the first 7 to 10 days of November to be quite cold. Um, and if you're going to get cold, you're, you're going to get some snow with that as well. So, I think we'll be able to escape anything bad for the rest of October, but right. early November yeah. is a different story. At some point, though, it's got to come. It's got to, okay. and yeah. eventually it, it always does. Well, I, I look at it this way, at least. This year, it's sort of easing us in. I mean, it didn't just slam us all of a sudden. It looks like we're sort of being eased into winter. Like the frog in boiling water? Th that kind of a thing, yeah. <laughs> and so by the time we get into the negative temperatures, we'll be used to it, Don, and we'll all be very happy. 
I'm going to remember you said that. Okay. All right. Yeah. Just remember. Especially also. the part where you said happy. Yeah, that's okay. No. All right. Thank you, Don. Appreciate it. Don Day with Dayweather. Yeah, he's going to remember that. Write that down. I'm completely screwed on that one. Off we go to the icebox. Frank Gambino's waiting by. Okay, Frank. Uh, now, I want to issue a disclaimer before I do this. That in no way do I have any idea what I'm talking about whatsoever. And, and I probably don't either. So. Well, Maybe, because I found, since we're getting into the World Series, that starts Friday, Okay, right? yep, yep. Okay. World Series trivia. Oh, okay. All right. Who won the 1996 World Series, Atlanta Braves, four games to two, beating the Atlanta Braves, four games to two? Toronto? New York Yankees. Oh, okay. yuck. I had my Yankee suck shirt on yesterday. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Who won baseball's 2001 World Series, beating the Yankees, four games to three? Is it the Dodgers? Uh, Arizona Diamondbacks. Oh, well, it's showing in, uh, yeah. in, in big units. Okay. Okay. Let's see if I can get past some of the who won things here. Because who, no, no one actually remembers no. after a year Well, then you're not going to remember this one. Yeah. You, you would really have to be the biggest sports geek in the world to get this one. Who was the MVP of the 1993 World Series, Philadelphia versus Toronto? Joe Carter. Paul Molitor? Paul Molitor. Molitor. Okay, thank you. Okay. There's some MVP questions. Oh, this this is closer. This is MVP of the 2000 World Series New York Mets versus New York Yankees. Oh, Roger Clemens? Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter. Okay. Okay. So I'm I'm over the whole thing here. Yeah, okay. Which World Series... uh, This is a better question. Which World Series champs were called... The big red machine. The Cincinnati Reds. Got one. Okay. That's the kind of question that Frank really needs. Okay. Which team broke the curse of the Bambino 2004? The curse of the Bambino? The Boston Red Sox. Yes. Aha. Okay. Now I understand the kind of questions that you need to be asked. You know, just Bambinos and, you know, and that that kind of thing. Okay. Okay. Uh, no, that one, no, not that I understand. Okay, well, when did the San Francisco Giants face Oakland A's in their first Bay Area World Series? I believe that would be 1989. That was the earthquake game. Damn, right there. Wow, that the earthquake game. He even gets that part, too. Yeah. Okay, very good here. What's the maximum number of baseball games in a modern World Series? Seven. <clears throat> Got it. Okay. And last one, what World Series team included pitcher Brad Penny, Brandon Looper, and I can't even pronounce the last guy's name? Uh, That's a tough one, huh? uh, My guess is as good as yours. Okay, Florida Marlins. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, let, let, me, let me say, your guess is as good as mine is really bad. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah. College football, the Wyoming Cowboys, their running back Titus Swim was named the Mountain West Conference Offensive Player of the Week. He ran for 160 yards and three touchdowns in the Pokes' 28-14 win over Utah State on Saturday at Laramie. Cowboys weren't exactly flashy on Saturday night, but they didn't need to be, but they were very, very effective running the football, a whopping 330 yards on the ground on 50 carries. Quarterback Andrew Peasley was 13 of 26 for 199 yards, no touchdowns, and the Cowboy defense held Utah State to 113 yards rushing and just 104 yards passing. So that's pretty good effort all the way around. Now the Cowboys are 5-3 and three overall, 3-1 three and one in Mountain West Conference play with a road game at Hawaii on uh, Saturday night. And it's a long trip, and head coach Craig Bull says, well, you know, it's not exactly a, a pleasure trip. 
I mean, you're looking at carting all the equipment over there. You, know, you have a time change, uh, travel, lag, um, all those things. They they play the games usually at 6 o'clock at night, which is 10 o'clock here. So your clock's in a different place. Um, and then, yeah, you know, you need to keep a team focused. Many times they'll be a football team. They're excited about going to Hawaii because they think it's somewhat of a vacation spot. And this is a business trip for us. And- That'll be a 10 p.m. start on Saturday night from Honolulu in the NFL. Denver Bronco quarterback Russell Wilson is listed as day-to-day for Sunday's game against Jacksonville, which will be in London. Wilson missed Sunday's 16-9 pillow fight loss to the New York Jets that dropped them to 2-5 and five on the year. Bronco offense has been brutal this year, averaging just 14 points a game. Quarterback Brett Rippon was in there for the injured Wilson on Sunday and threw for 225 yards on 24-46, but the offense really wasn't all his fault. There was issues all over the place, and the season is slipping away quickly. In high school volleyball, those regional tournaments begin on Friday. Cheyenne will host the 4A East with Laramie getting a number one seed from the south. Cheyenne East is a number two seed from the south. Natrona is a two seed from the north. Cheyenne Central a three seed from the south. And Cheyenne South is a number four seed. The 4A West Regional will be in Riverton. Kelly Walsh will be the one of the number one seeds in that deal. The 3A East will be in Wheatland, the 3A West in Lovell. Burns will host the 2A East. Lander will host the 2A West and the 1A West. Southeastern Yorder will host the 1A East. And the state high school volleyball tournament will start a week next week in Cass next Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Yeah, do you remember, I've always always wondered this about sports fans. So you just sit around reading stuff and memorizing it, or is it just sticking in your head because you thought it was a great moment? Uh, both. Okay. Both. Mm-hmm. I mean, I uh, when, when the Chicago Cubs were in the World Series, that was the first time they had been there since 1945. Yeah. I mean, That's like 111 years, you know okay. I mean? You know, something like that. I mean, it was just out of control. You know, mm-hmm. like, how, how did that happen, you know? I noticed that something weird happens to the brain. If you were to ask me about all the stuff that I talk about on the air when I'm not at work, I can't tell you a thing. Right. But I get into the studio and get into my zone, and I'm a damn encyclopedia. Hmm. Hmm. Strange how that hmm. works, huh? Yeah. All right. Hmm. Thank you, Frank. We'll do it again next hour. Coming up on some local business we have to talk about. We're going to roll into news time after that. National local update on the weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. Wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Okay, I was just talking to the author of the article I'm about to read to you, and we were laughing about one of my favorite groups to pick on, WalletHub. WalletHub does, and I'm going to put this in air quotes, studies. And they're just an online source trying to get a lot of clicks and hits so they can make money with online advertising. That's what it is. And so the so-called studies that they do are the worst It's a lot like the polls that you're hearing now out ahead of two weeks out from the election. And there's all these polls out there, and the polls are garbage, and so are these so-called studies. And yet people quote them all the time. So here's what the story says. New study ranks Wyoming in the top 20 safest states in America, according to WalletHub. Hang on, because I can show you a study by WalletHub that shows Wyoming one of the most dangerous places to live. I've talked about that story in the past. So Sean, who's one of the disc jockeys up the hall 
for me here. I went over to his studio and said, okay, I'm going to have to tear this apart. For example, road safety. Uh, we ranked 10th. But haven't I told you guys, in fact, I know I have in the past, WalletHub has done several studies that say Wyoming drivers are among the worst in the country. And that driving on Wyoming roads is some of the most dangerous roads in the country. Now, when it came to Wyoming drivers are really bad, I made this analogy. You take the islands that I grew up on. Top speed on one road, which is we call Sand Cap Road. It's a road between that goes from one island to the next, Sanibel Island to Captiva Island. We call it Sand Cap Road. You can get up to 35 miles. I think, no, actually, I think it's 40 miles an hour on that road. I think it's top speed. Yeah. Other than that, the rest of the island is like 30, 35. And when it's tourist season, you're not even doing that. So there's not many people that live on the island, just a few thousand people on Sanibel, even less than that on Captiva. Not much for roads. People drive really slow because they have to. So how many automobile wrecks do we get into? Right, so what's our insurance look like? This is how WalletHub did the story. They took a look at the state of Wyoming and said, well, Wyoming has horrible drivers because Wyoming has all these insurance claims. Well, hang on. Is it because we're lousy drivers in Wyoming or because it's harder to drive here? Hey, when you take a look at not just our interstate highway system, which is fast, but get us off into the back roads, not just the back highways, the back gravel roads, county roads, and so on. Even in the summertime, we have hazardous driving. Now we get into the winter, it really gets bad. That's why we have so many insurance claims. But where I grew up on those little islands, how often does someone make an insurance claim? See, WalletHub doesn't think of these things when they do their study. Someone just sat down and looked at insurance claims and called it. Oh, you have a lot of insurance claims, therefore you suck as a driver. They don't take into account conditions. So again, road safety. Wyoming's the 10th best in the nation for road safety. And yet, another WalletHub study says we're some of the worst road conditions in the country and we're some of the worst drivers in the country. What is it, WalletHub? Which one? Workplace safety, Wyoming ranks 22nd. And yet there's another study that ranks us even worse. Is it that workplace safe, safety is bad or that we just have a lot of very hazardous jobs? What about that? Law enforcement per capita. Yeah, law enforcement employees. Number of law enforcement employees we have per capita. Well, we have more in the state of Wyoming per capita than anywhere. Do we? Then again, Wyoming, they don't take into account in WalletHub that Wyoming is so spread out. Let's say we do have more law enforcement per capita than most other states. I'll go ahead and give them that without having it looked it up. I'll just assume that that's correct. But yet we're so spread out. If you do find yourself in trouble, whether it's a police officer or an ambulance or fire department, whatever the case is, you call them and to their credit, they are on their way as quick as they can get there. But because you live way out in the middle of nowhere, how long does it take them to get there? Right. Fatal occupational injuries uh, were tied for last. But again, that's just because the industries that we're involved in 
are some very difficult industries. So now we rank according to Wallet Hub in uh, workplace safety, 22nd. And yet we're 49th in total injuries at occupations. Now, somebody will have to help me out on that one because I'm not quite sure what to do with that. How are we 22nd in workplace safety, but 49th in workplace injuries? Do they just mean safety preparedness or in workplace safety altogether? Because if it's just flat out work safety, you would think those two numbers would be really close, if not, I mean, exactly the same, right? Oh, here's one that I would love to pick on WalletHub here. Personal and residential safety. How do you define WalletHub that we rank 21st in personal and residential safety? Because I think that because Wyoming is one of the most well-armed states in America, then our residential safety is uh, high because we can defend our residents. But what do you mean by residential safety? I mean, I'm thinking in terms of uh, being able to defend your home, but there's other safety issues there. Financial safety, workplace, residential, law enforcement, okay. Wyoming, the story says, uh, scored exceedingly high or above average on quite a few key metrics. The one thing that keeps us scoring high, fatal occupational injuries per total workers, which were tied for last place with Alaska. Regarding uh, the study provides what a majority of Wyoming residents already know, that this is one of the best places and one of the safest to live. But then again, I look at this and I think, I'm not so sure I trust their study. Oh, Rianne and Fort Danger. Wallet Hub is just full of idiots. Yes. Milo, Fort Danger. No, uh, no more accidents due to Colorado and California driver. M oh, okay. Um, no more accidents due to Colorado and California driver moving here that don't know how to drive. In Florida, where I grew up, we had a problem not with the we had we had the Ohio driver problem there. But but the point that I was making to Sean, and he did not disagree. He 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 threw out some things that were not on this story that he just wrote up. That Wallet Hub often contradicts itself in its own ridiculous study. And that's in part because I've, I've spoken to, I've interviewed on this program, it's been a while, but a couple of people from Wallet Hub that do these studies. I wanted to bring them on the air to find out who exactly is doing this. And it turns out to be, with all due respect to young people out there, people who are very young, it's probably their first job right out of school, right? And they got a job working for Wallet Hub, and they really don't have a lot of life experience yet. So when they put together this kind of information, they don't really know what to compare it to, what variables might be out there. It's difficult to do that even when you have life experience, but especially difficult when you're really young, which is why I, well, pointed out that we had a, a problem with the Wallet Hub study that, well, Wyoming drivers are some of the worst in the country. Look at look at how many insurance claims they have. Well, try driving in Wyoming and you'll have insurance claims too. Jonesy and Casper. Okay, so don't mind me as I text while driving. <laughs> Way to go, Jonesy. Similar to the get out the vote stance. If you can't do it without causing harm to me or others, please just don't do it. Grandpa Rich, Glenn, we have a shortage of highway patrolmen in Wyoming. Yes, yeah, see? Yeah, and yet they say uh, 
police per capita is some of the highest in the nation here in the state of Wyoming. 8.15. Wake up, Wyoming. Travelers be we had to build the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app to hold them all. Free download from AM 1030 K2 Radio. Wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. So, great comments on the <laughs> article from Wallet Hub. Appreciate all the comments people are sending me on that. Because, yeah, it drives me nuts every time I'm reading something. It's supposed to be a study. And sometimes a study from a major institution. And yet, when you take a look at how poorly this study's done, you realize how much garbage we're being fed. That's why I love one of my favorite ones. To It's one of the most repeated alleged studies out there and yet it's one of the biggest pieces of garbage that's ever been fed to the american public and that's the one that says well 97 percent of climatologists agree now, have you ever seen how they put that together you'd realize it's just garbage that's not true at all when you look at how they actually conducted what was supposed to be a study it's nonsense and yet it's most often repeated now miss mary sent me this one from National Public Radio. Recycling plastic is particularly impossible, and the problem is getting worse. The vast majority, the story says, of plastic that people put into recycling bins is heading for landfills or worse. According to a report from Greenfield. Now, Greenpeace, sorry. Now, I've been talking about this for years. For those people out there who want to do the right thing, I get it. And I don't fault you for that. I'm just going to give you a bit of a reality check, okay? Most recycling is absolute nonsense. And I'll show you why, okay? So, something should be recycled. For example, you're drinking something out of a tin can. Well, we can just recycle the tin and make another can. Or make all sorts of other things out of it. So, tin, we can just reuse it and reuse it and reuse it. Recycle it. Go ahead. But if you want to recycle paper, paper is actually very bad for the environment to recycle. It's much better just to throw it in a landfill where it actually just goes back to nature. That's less harmful for the environment because the recycling process for paper is extremely toxic, kind of like, uh, well, wind and solar panels and batteries, lithium batteries that are in uh, electric cars, toxic to create, toxic to dispose of, right? All right, plastics. Depends on which kind of plastic you're talking about, but most plastics, hey, just uh, make new plastic out of it. Unfortunately, though, a lot of things that you send to the landfill, I'm sorry, to, to recycle, you go to those uh, recycling centers. Some people, for those in Cheyenne, you might be recycling right there in your neighborhood because they provide those different garbage cans for you and you split up things into different garbage cans. And some people do that. But if you're in another town, one of the examples in Casper, but some other towns around Wyoming, where I've seen those recycling centers where you drive in, get out of your vehicle, and you have the separate things, the separate containers you throw stuff in. And I know people who do that. 
unfortunately, I have to let them know that what you're doing, most of it just winds up in a landfill. You spend all that time splitting up stuff in the hopes that you're doing something good. And again, I appreciate you for that. But now let's slap you upside the head with some reality, and I'm sorry about this. Recycling paper is bad for the environment. Okay. Electric uh, cars and wind and solar stuff is bad for the environment. It, I'm sorry, and should never have been created in the first place. The report from Greenpeace cites separate data published in this May which revealed that the amount of plastic actually turned into new things has fallen to all-time lows of around 5%. So out of all the plastic we use, only about 5% of it gets recycled. We used to do better with glass bottles. For those who are old enough to remember, it said on your glass bottle that you could go ahead and turn that in to be recycled and you would get a nickel for it. Remember that? Greenpeace found that no plastic, not even soda bottles, none of the most prolific items thrown into recycling bin, meets the threshold to be called recyclable, according to standards by the new MacArthur Foundation, New Plastic Economy Initiative. Plastic must have a recycle rate of 30% to reach the standard. No plastic has ever been recycled and reuse that's below that rate. So that's what I mean by it's got to be a certain kind of plastic so they can recycle it. Quote, more plastic is being produced. By the way, plastic is a petroleum product. We were talking about that earlier this morning. More plastic is being produced and even a smaller percentage of it's being recycled. According to the senior plastic campaigner for Greenpeace USA, the crisis, and here everything's got to be a crisis with organizations like this, right? The crisis just gets worse and worse. And without drastic change, will continue to worsen as the industry plans to triple plastic production by 2050. <gasps> 2050. Well, according to the doomsday cult that I was talking about earlier this morning, called the, they call themselves the last generation. We are doomed by 2050. Notice they kicked the can down the road again, right? Remember just a few years ago, we only had 12 years to go? I think there's maybe eight of that left. And remember Al Gore about 15 years ago, I think it was about 15 years ago, I have to look that up, said that we had just 10 years to go, right? So this new organization that's a doomsday cult, they're very young. They give us to 2050, so they kicked the can down the road again. Well, waste management, the story says, the experts say the problem with plastic is that it's uh, expensive to collect and sort. There are now thousands of different types of plastic, and none of them can be melted down together. Plastic also degrades after one or two uses. Greenpeace found that the more plastic is reused, the more toxic it becomes. Oh, if that's the case, then it might be a one-time reuse thing. There are some, and I'd like to know more about it. Some plastics have been developed that do decompose and just go back to nature in, in a relatively quick rate. So you can go back. If you dropped a plastic bottle somewhere out there 
while hiking somewhere and you come back in like a, a year or so, it's pretty much gone. There are plastics that can do that. Okay, so new plastics, on the other hand, cheap and easy to produce. The result is that uh, plastic trash has few markets. A reality, plastic waste, recycled plastic trash has few markets. Trent Carpenter, general manager of Southern Oregon Sanitation, says when they told customers a couple of years ago they would no longer take any plastic trash other than soda bottles and jugs, like milk containers and detergent bottles, people were upset. They wanted to put their strawberry containers, bags, yogurt cups, all of that, all in the recycling bin. We had to re-educate individuals, he said. A great deal that the material is ending up in the landfill. It's not going to the recycling facility. It can't be recycled. So here again, as a lot of you have been doing, I, I, I appreciate that your heart is in the right place. You really are trying to do something good. That's why you're recycling things, splitting the trash up and so on. Fact of the matter is, most of this stuff cannot be recycled. Some of it is actually toxic to recycle. Some we can and should. Most of it just winds up in the landfill anyway. 829, local news. Weather forecast right after that. Wake up, Wyoming. You roam with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Eight thirty-six. The time. It's wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. All right, triple eight ninety-seven Woods phone number. Do an open phone segment here, which I give you every day of the week. At some point, I give you some open phones. Triple eight ninety-seven Woods. You can talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine by me. Laramie residents angered by city council still meeting remotely after two and a half years. Now, this Cowboy State Daily article. I'm going to dig into it with you, and just sort of ask the question: Why? Now, I don't mind people meeting remotely. I think a whole lot of things can be done remotely now. I have some business I have to take care of, believe it or not, way over in Massachusetts. And I just let them know, I'm not flying all the way out there to talk to you guys. I, we're just going to Zoom call this. It's just so much easier and so much less expensive. Don't have to do things. In fact, I often wonder, when the president, who cares so much about the environment, goes somewhere, this is not just the current president, but even Obama, cared about the planet yet every time he went to travel and he traveled a lot and so did the first lady back in the obama years and same thing with this president and the vice president every time they got to go all over the place constantly flying well it's not just air force one there's a backup to everything you see because there's air force one there's a plane that that brings the extra reporters there's a, another plane with all of the suvs the beast as they call it the president's limo all the security stuff. There's a big plane for that. And then there's a backup for every one of those. Because in case any of that goes wrong, there's a second. So think about the fleet that has to travel every time the president or vice president goes somewhere. Yet they think that they're saving the planet, right? Just get online and do a video call. How about that? Now, sometimes here in there are some schools in there's a few schools in Wyoming that have been doing remote learning for a long time because kids live out in the middle of nowhere. 
Here in Wyoming, the governor has several airplanes at his disposal. Hey, governor, Zoom call it, if you will. Alex is in Gillette, wants to talk about recycling. Hi, Alex. Good morning. Hey, uh, you know, when we look at recycling, I think the first thing we probably ought to do is look at the actual process of what we make, right? right. And how do we make things, you know? Uh, you know, I, you buy a new vehicle these days, and all you get is all this computer stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want all that. Right. I, I don't want all those chips. I wish I'd pay more just to get a vehicle with none of that junk in there. Mm-hmm. Give me, like, something that I could have bought in the 70s or 80s, right? Yeah. And, and, and yeah. do you know how much energy is used in this chemical vapor dis- disposition process for these microchips? Yeah. My friend, let me tell you, it's like 50 times what they weigh. We're using that much energy for all these microchips, and then they just get thrown in the, the trash can. Try using your coffee machine. Try using any of these machines. And, and you know what? I don't have a chance to actually do work. I don't have a chance to read. I don't have a chance to do anything because what I do is I'm constantly trying to fiddle around with these goofy uh, apps and these goofy chips yeah. that completely use all this uh, you know stuff. And, and it's terrible for the environment. And we have all this electronic waste and all this junk, you know? Yeah. And, and, and so... Go ahead. Uh, no, I was thinking, I would just recently, now I'm not intending to buy a car anytime soon, but I was just curious at what was out there, the latest state of the art. And I found it very difficult to find just a basic car. And that's something that I like too. I mean, I still drive a stick shift just because I enjoy shifting. And what's in my car is very basic just because I enjoy the simplicity of it. Now to let you know, I am surrounded by computer screens all day long and I use my phone and my iPad and I love technology, but I also think that there's a time and a place for technology. And one of the places that I don't want too much of it is in my automobile because that's just more stuff to break down. Right, and across the board with everything, because once those chips go down and all this electric stuff, it always breaks, right? You know, in the Air Force, there was one way you fix all this electronic crap. You just bang it, okay? Yeah. And and, and it, then it would start working. Uh, you know, it's, it's all this, ele- it's very, very uh, uh, easy to, to have problems crop up when you're talking about all this electronic circuitry. And then you can't fix it, so you just throw the whole thing away. Yeah. Okay? And, and so, you know, if you could just have things at a basic level where people could actually just fix these things themselves, right. then you would save so much energy. You would save so much. And, and then again, too, there's people like me. I don't want the technology. Right. You ever okay? read Hitchhiker's Guide I, to the Galaxy? No. Okay, you should. It's hysterical. Forget the movie. Read the books. What's fun about it is, of course, this is taking place in outer space. And they have gotten so far in advance, they ended up putting uh, AI technology, artificial intelligence, in everything. 
to the point that you walk into the kitchen and the toaster is saying to you, hey there, morning, want some toast? I got some toast for you. I'm great at making toast. You know, I'll make some toast. You walk through a door and the door welcomes you and sighs in satisfaction as you walk through as it closes behind you because it did a job well done. They ended up putting technology in everything to the point that all you want to do is take a shotgun or an ax to it all. And I think that's where you're going with that, Alex. I appreciate your call. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Real quick. Also, also, though, another thing is we we don't have the ability to do anything anymore because now all this technology is doing everything for us. We don't have the ability to do anything anymore. <laughs> we don't know how to fix anything. We don't know how to do anything. And then when it breaks, yeah. we're in trouble. We just have to throw everything away. Right. Yeah. Okay. So there is an advantage to it on the one hand. I am more productive now at this point in my life than I've ever been in any other time. I am so glad I had these computers helping me out. I mean, the productivity that I go through every single day would astound you because of these machines. On the other hand, though, I'm with you. When I get behind the wheel of my automobile, you know, Alex, I like my old-fashioned stick shift. So I got to run. Thanks for calling in. No, I do. I just enjoy uh, – well, when I get into a car that's got all the technology, it is cool, and I am impressed. But there are times I don't want it. There's times I do, and there's times I don't. And so for me, it's, uh, yeah, driving is one of those things where there was a car I was looking at. And again, I'm not, I'm not looking to buy one. I was just curious about the technology that was out there. And a lot of these vehicles have technology where they try to keep you in the lane. If you cross the lane, the dotted line while you're driving on the interstate, let's say, and you didn't use your turn signal, it beeps at you. It might even help nudge you back into your lane so you will stay between the lines, right? Driver assist is what they're calling this. I appreciate the technology. I understand why they're doing that, and I don't want it. There's quite a few other things as well. Uh, that's why I... It, plus, I like the fact that nobody is going to steal my vehicle. Not in today's world. Not unless you know how to operate a clutch. You know, so that's my millennial anti-theft device. Real quick, back to technology here. Cowboy State Daily. Laramie residents angered by city council's meeting remotely after two and a half years. More than two and a half years after the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic, Laramie City Council continues to close its public meetings to in-person attendance and meet only remotely. As the only council or county commission in Wyoming that continues to hold online public meetings, Laramie Council uh, members continue to defend the practice in the name of public health. Meanwhile, some Laramie County residents are growing increasingly frustrated with the prolonged prohibition. I don't think they need to be doing this anymore. I'm beginning to wonder if they're just, and I have been for a while, are they just afraid to meet the public face to face? 845, Wake Up Wyoming. Talk Radio's 97 Woods, or chat with Glenn on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app from K2 Radio. Eight forty-eight is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to the icebox where Frank Gambino is waiting by. So I continue to look up stuff for you just in honor of coming up on a World Series. Yes, yeah, right? so okay. and then so so far I've answered like one out of yeah, ten correctly. Okay. okay, so when it comes to the World Series, Seattle Mariners are? They're, they've never been in it. That's right. Okay. Absolutely never been in it. They've never been in it. No. Yeah. Okay. So I, if you're a Seattle Mariners fan, they, you better they, just... They made some progress this year. They oh, actually made they? the playoffs. 
they're they're going that way, but they have not made it to the promised land. Okay, I see now. There are six Major League Baseball teams that have been in a World Series but never won. Okay. Mm, yeah, he's got to think about this. I got to think about that one. Yeah, okay. I got a few. Just name a, name a few out. San Diego. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't know where these. It names the teams, but I have no idea where these people are from. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rangers, Padres, Rays. Brewers, pa- Mariners. Padres was in it. and the Brewers. They, 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 I think the last time they were in 1982. Right, uh, Rockies and Rays. Rockies and Rays. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that again, I will. Oh, from uh, New York, that has uh, taken uh, 27 titles. Cardinals eleven, the Yankees. Ah, uh, yep. Boston Red Sox nine. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let me see which and the Chicago Cubs two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Texas World Series appeared in 2011 when they lost to St. Louis Cardinals in the first World Series to go all seven games since 2002. Then we get into all sorts of obscure stuff here. But I figured there had to be at least one team that had never even made it. And so, yeah, there is that one. Seattle. Now, just think, though, should they ever make it, how excited is that city going to be? Oh, well, trust me. When the Chicago Cubs made the World Series for the first time since 1945, and the first time they had won it since 1906, yeah, the place went crazy. Yeah, that's the kind of thing crazy. that I'm talking about here. So, okay, there are plenty of other teams that have made it even into the series more than once, but never won the thing. But hang in there, guys. Your your time's coming. It's all coming. While in college football, Wyoming Cowboy running back Titus Swim was named the Mountain West Conference Offensive Player of the Week. He ran for 160 yards and three touchdowns in the Pokes 28-14 win over Utah State on Saturday in Larry. The junior has 665 yards rushing this season. That ranks him third in the league. Cowboys weren't exactly flashy on Saturday night, but they didn't need to be because they were really effective running the football. 330 yards on the ground on 50 carries. Quarterback Andrew Peasley, 13 of 26 for 199 yards with no touchdowns. Cowboy defense held Utah State to 113 yards rushing and just 104 yards passing, and that is the kind of stuff head coach Craig Bull is looking for. Defensively, it was really an excellent performance by our defense with the exception of one drive. But outside of that, I thought we really played pretty much lights out. So really pleased with that. Did get the running game going. Uh, There was only going to be, we thought, so many opportunities. But sooner or later, we could have a chance to make some big plays, which we did. We had one early with Titus, but it was great to have two backs over 100 yards. Uh, Thought Andrew uh, managed the game and made some uh, plays. So the Cowboys are 5-3 and three overall, 3-1 three and one in Mountain West Conference play with a road game at Hawaii on Saturday night. In the NFL, Denver Bronco quarterback Russell Wilson still listed as day-to-day for Sunday's game against Jacksonville in London. Wilson missed Sunday's 16-9 pillow fight loss to the New York Jets that dropped them to 2-5 and five on the year. Bronco offense really has been brutal this year, they averaging just 14 points a game. Backup quarterback Brett Rippon was in there on Sunday and threw for 225 yards, going 24-46, but all the offensive woes were not exactly all his fault. There's Plenty of issues all over the place, and the season is slipping away quickly. High school volleyball, those regional tournaments begin on Friday. Cheyenne will host the 4A East with Laramie getting a number one seed from the south. Cheyenne East will be a two seed. Natrona's a two seed from the north. Cheyenne Central, a three seed from the south, with Cheyenne South a four seed. The 4A West Regional in Riverton, Kelly Walsh will be one of the number one seeds in that deal. The 3A East Regional in Wheatland, 3A West in Lovell, 2A. The East will be in Burns with Lander hosting the 2A West and the 1A West. Southeast uh, over in Yoder will 
will host the 1A East Tournament. State High School Volleyball Tournament will be uh, next week in Casper. In baseball, the World Series will start on Friday. Philadelphia will be at Houston for Game 1. Houston has been in the World Series four times in the last six years. Philly is making their first appearance since 2009. The Astros eliminated the New York Yankees in four straight in the American League Championship Series, while the Phillies beat San Diego in five games in the National League Championship Series. And what time do they play these games? They're usually, you know, modern time, you know, 5.30, 6 o'clock at oh, night. Okay, you know? okay. And I, unlike, of course, with football, you know, they have opening ceremonies and stuff like that, but they don't have like a halftime show. No, 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 no. 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 They, okay, let's play, you yes. know. Hopefully it won't rain. Let's yes. just play. Get it down to business. No halftime stuff. No, no, like no, 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 no. We, we, no. we had okay. no time for halftime. No, no, none whatsoever. You're no. just going to keep playing. You know, you, you guys play so many games in baseball. I don't... <laughs> There's no time for a well, halftime. Well, no, there's, there's 162 regular season games. Oh, Lord. I, and then the playoffs. And then the World oh, Series. Oh, at least. And then rinse and repeat. All right. Yeah, thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. Roll into news time. And you and I get back into it. Oh, hey, Gillette. Uh, possibility one of your mayoral candidates is going to call in at 9.06. You guys need a new mayor in Gillette. And one of the candidates wants to talk to you about it. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Sixth of time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. It is a Tuesday. Hold those calls for just a bit because I got a couple of guests coming this half hour. One of them, I like going around during election time around the state of Wyoming. We cover all sorts of areas with this program because this program's on multiple stations, cover a huge area. And so I think it's a good idea to listen to candidates from all over so you get an idea of who is running for what. Well, up in Gillette, Wyoming, Shay Lundvall is a candidate for mayor in Gillette. And I'm just going to toss this out there, Shay. It is about time we got some fresh blood on that city council. So thanks for running. You betcha. Thanks for having me on the show this morning. Absolutely. Now, let's take a look at what uh, the problem, because I do think there have been some problems with Gillette City Council for a while. And a lot of people sure. in Gillette have not been really happy with the city council, but it's been very difficult to rotate them out. What do you think? You know, it's, when I first started, Glenn, I wanted to make a difference. And that's, that's one of the things, like, I didn't have an agenda, and that's hard for people sometimes because yeah. they're so used to having specific pet, uh, pet projects. And, you know, I, I know what I can bring to the table, and I was confident in that, and that's why I started running okay. uh, in 2016. And, you know, uh, there's always good people wherever you go. Uh, and, and I think most people get into it trying to do the right thing. I really believe that. Okay. Where it starts to get to be a problem is when you lose sight of who you work for. And what, you work for the people. And uh, I think, you know, to me, it, it was been more important to uphold my values and my core values of, of who I am and how I was raised to, to treat all people. Uh, with dignity and respect. Right. And so that's been hard for people because if we have those types of agendas that we've, we've seen since I was, you know, first elected in the previous administration, um, you know, it's not just about a title for me. It's about getting stuff done. Okay. Done. Like, you know, that's that's important to me because... Well, let's talk about getting stuff done. Uh, so sure. if you get this job, 
what is your goal? What is it that you want to accomplish as mayor of Gillette? I think the biggest thing is I want to put us back on the map. We've lost a lot of credibility across the state, and it's time. I'm tired of losing. I'm tired of losing opportunities that have been passed up because uh, of not having current, you know, certain infrastructure. You know, how come we weren't at the table with, um, you know, some of these businesses that are coming to Wyoming? And we should be at that table, and we should be in the forefront of that, recruiting and advocating for our small businesses here. And uh, I think that, you know, the second thing would be is all the downtowns in our communities across the state are um, growing, and, and they're trying to make them better, because we all know that they're a central focus. And in here in Gillette, I want to make that a focus as well. we got to reprioritize stuff that, that uh, is really about the people and can bringing community together. So... And I think the third thing is the community safety, Glenn. You know, um, we've seen an increase in crime here, and that's just, uh, I think, due to part of, you know, an influx of people coming in from all over the country here. Um, So I I think it's something that's important to me to make sure that our first responders have the funding that they need. And whereas I can, you know, uh, know, I confidently say that, you know, two years ago, uh, we were battling with our counterpartners at the county of getting making sure that the fire department has funding, and it's not it's not our money; it's the city's money, right? Like we should be prioritizing to make sure that we have all the adequate responses for the and the people and the equipment in 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 our police departments and um, you know in our fire departments to make sure that, that they have everything they need so that when they get that call. It is it is quick. It's responsive because they're not calling me, Glenn. Mm-hmm. That you know they're calling nine one one. They're expecting somebody to show up. Right. And I couldn't tell you two years ago that somebody would be there because if we had two calls deep or three calls deep, we we couldn't make those we couldn't make those calls, Glenn. That's a concern of mine. Right. In fact, you and, wouldn't know that because you were on the fire department for a while, weren't you? No, sir. Oh, I um, okay. No, uh, I was not on the fire department. I participated in the. Um, academy that oh, they gotcha. offered okay. uh, to all of the elected officials, of which yeah. I was the only one that did it, uh, along with um, one of the other county commissioners, um, Dale Shellstead. Right. Okay. Now, you have worked your way up, though. I mean, you've been on yes, sir. city council, city council presidents, uh, patient and family advisory council, all sorts of other different councils, board of directors, various things as well. Was... Uh, all of this over what period of years? How long have you been involved in Gillette? You know, uh, I started back in 2008 um, okay. when I first worked for the city of Gillette as the uh, park supervisor. All right. And then from there, it was just a continuation. How long have you lived in Gillette? I was born and raised here. Okay. And so uh, I went off to college, uh, graduated from South Dakota State University with a degree in landscape architecture and business administration. Mm-hmm. And then um, met my wife there in college and then moved back here in 2008. And so um, she's a elementary school counselor now. She did teach in the classroom um, for several years. Okay. And so during that time that lived in, you lived in Gillette then since you were, how old are you now? I'm 38. Okay, so you, okay. I was, I was just wondering how many changes you've seen to the city, but in, in those years, you've seen a lot of those roads go from dirt roads to paved roads. For sure, 
Um, one thing that a unique experience, and I think I bring Glenn uh, a unique set of skills uh, that is unmatched. And here, here's part of that that pie is, you know, I from the design uh, aspect all the way through construction and everything in between. When you have to, you know, manage projects, you have to manage and look at all these different costs that are associated with it and try to keep it on time and keep the subcontractors going. You know, I when I first moved back here, my first job was the Highway 59. Uh, reconstruction. And so uh, it was a huge undertaking with a company out of um, uh, Colorado called ACC. And um, man, I'll tell you what, um, you know, it, it takes us a lot to maneuver and to to work with and, and truly try to build relationships with people to try to get stuff done so that we can keep those those types of projects moving forward, right? Because the more you hold them up, it's, it's time, time and money. Okay. And so... Uh, one thing that I think is often spoken about in, in candidacies is, um, you know, fiscal responsibility. I, I, I try to look at it more of a stewardship component. Um, to me, is is how do we treat that money, not just my money as a taxpayer, but all of our monies. And, you know, one of the things here in Gillette was a, the Splash Park. At that point in time, it was a huge um, controversy, if you will, to go ahead and move forward with that. Well, um, it was also important to knowing uh, your your environment for construction costs too, and so I, I did vote yes to go ahead and move forward with that um, because that was an important part to continuing to move the city forward in such a way that you know benefits the whole community, not just a certain segment, right? So having those costs and knowing what those costs are is you know not every opportunity is going to be the best opportunity, and that's why I think. I, I lend credibility to having smart growth. And so we need to continue to um, look look forward in that aspect, but realize that, you know, not every opportunity is going to be the, the best one. All right. Shay London, candidate for mayor of Gillette. You got a couple of weeks to go. So good luck to you, Shay. Hey, thank you for your opportunity, Glenn, and um, look forward to chatting with you hopefully soon. All right. 9.15 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Glenn Woods is live on AM 1030 K2 Radio and the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me from Gillette, Wyoming, where we just got done talking to a candidate who's running for mayor in Gillette. Now, in Casper, Wyoming, Darius Dallas Laird is in the studio with me. And you wanted to talk about what you see as some of your own community needs as well. And, and part of that, even a convention center as a possibility. Well, uh, two or three weeks ago, some we, we had the Wyoming State Bar Convention here. It's the first yeah. time we've had it in 30-some years. And I knew the president. I said, why don't you have it in Casper? It hasn't been here in 30-some years. So he yeah. did. So a lot of these people from around the state came here, and he says, you know, Dallas, we almost didn't have the convention here. And I says, why is that? And I don't want to say the word they used on the radio, but it got my attention. And it and it was started with an S and ended yeah. with whole. Okay. And I was shocked because I've lived in Casper all my life. I love Casper. Well, you don't have a convention center. There's nice convention centers around the state, and Casper doesn't have a convention center. It's in central Wyoming. 
how how easy would it be for people coming from Gillette and everybody to come to Casper right. rather than have to drive all the way to Cheyenne or Jackson? Well, then what will qualify as a convention center? So, for example, we have some very nice hotels here that have big, big facilities, and I do... I Na- pretend, name me one. Well, if you had... Oh, what, what's the name of the... Uh, right over here, you had uh, Cross Poplar, other side of the interstate there. What's well, the hotel? It, it's, the, it's now called the Best Western. Uh, no, not the best. Not the best Western. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll the, the, holi- the holiday. Not end. that one either. No, I'll think of it real quick here. But I've been to several that uh, have been at that facility there, and uh, they, they seem to be big enough. But what is he qualifying as a uh, convention center? Well, they he? have. They like Lander built a convention center. Okay. Uh, Cheyenne has a convention center, and. Casper doesn't have typically a convention center. They relied on hotels. Right. So so I, I got all of that. And then, of course, they built the new office building for the state. Right. And there's no hotel down okay. there. Ramcota. But yeah, the Ramcota, but they're all old. Okay. They're all old. They're nice, but yeah. they're all old. And people, the kind of people who come to these, they're used to these fancy areas. Mm-hmm. Now, I've gone to several conventions in Jackson. Uh, there's right. another group of lawyers. That's where they have them all, in Jackson okay. Hall. Or Lander. Okay. Uh, so how do we get the business here? Well, they're considering building one. Yeah. And why I brought it up was, you know, the commissioners have over $100 million that they got for selling the hospital. Okay. Now, my question for all, all people in uh, Natrona County is, what should the commissioners do with that $100 million? Now, that's taxpayer money. Mm-hmm. The taxpayers should be consulted on that. What's happening with the money now, it's in some account where it gets a half a percent interest, right. makes a very small interest. But there's all kinds of things the county needs. Now, if you had a nice hotel downtown mm-hmm. near near the state office building, they would have more meetings here of these legislators coming from all over the state of Wyoming because it's easier to get here. Now, the money they spend, the things they buy, uh, there, isn't a, there isn't a person in downtown Casper that has a business that wouldn't like that. So what do you, what do, you do? Uh, this one guy says, well, why, have you ever been to uh, San Antonio and seen the Riverwalk down in San Antonio? Which I have. San Antonio was a dead town before they created that. Right. Now, their river is a stream compared to the Platte River. What a beautiful area we have to build something like that. Now, they want to put a convention center up by the event center now, mm-hmm. which is also a good place to put it. What I'm trying to find out is how would the citizens of Natrona County like us to handle that hundred million dollars. Okay. Put it in a can and bury it in the backyard and never see it, or use it to keep your taxes low. There's no reason for us to raise anybody's taxes when you have a hundred million dollars of their money already. So, uh, devil's advocate, someone makes the argument, uh, properly invest the money so that money can be used in as an inflow of tax money. Uh, the, well, you know, the there, there's a there's a uh, something on the ballot this time about how they can invest money, but typically sure. you you can't invest uh, taxpayer money that will get any kind of uh, action to it. If you could have taken a hundred million dollars three and a half years ago and bought Tesla stock, mm-hmm. it'd be worth eight hundred million now. Okay. Now what it is now is it it has a few thousand dollars of interest in it. Okay. So, but it's taxpayer money. What do you do with it? When you get taxpayer money, should you sit on it or and do nothing with it? What if you can improve the city? What if you can, what if you can all of a sudden have central Wyoming as being the mecca for Wyoming, for Wyoming people to come here and have their meetings and, and, and come to legislative meetings, have Wyoming Supreme Court hearings here.
we can't do that because there are people out in in Wyoming that view Casper as old and not up with the times, whether they're right or not, they still have their opinion. So I'm saying, well, what do we do to improve Casper from that standpoint? And somebody said, you need a big convention center. It used to be what was called the Ramada Inn, which mm-hmm. was the Parkway, now it's the Best Western. And they've done a job on fixing that up. I was impressed, it was nice, but I, I can tell you it wasn't that well received with a lot of people. Because they're used to going to these these big, fancier buildings and then they can walk out the door and be at their hotel. So what do we do? Now, I'm not advocating that we do anything with it other than do what the public wants done. I represent the public. If they want it in in a can and being saved for a rainy day, I'm good with that. Mm -hmm. But I want to know. And I don't think that the public really understands what kind of money is sitting there. The city itself has a couple hundred million. Now, what do you do with that kind of money? Uh, we have, we have there, there's a little subdivision up by uh, Salt Creek where these people have dirt roads that have huge ravines in them, and they haven't been fixed in years and years and years, and, and people are using those roads. Why haven't they been fixed? I don't know. Okay. But I'm sure, I'm sure going to find out. Okay, so by way of finding out, then I guess you would want people to get in touch with you? Absolutely. Okay, how do they do that? They they can email me at uh, dallaslaird at mac.com, M-A-C, dallaslaird at mac.com. Then I can't even remember the name of my other website for political purposes. But most people call me. They can call me. My okay. my office will answer the phone, and if I'm available, I'll talk to them. Is there a, a li- I suppose there would have to be a city website or something like that, but a list of uh, what assets are out there, how much, where that where that money is. They uh, try to find it. Okay. There are websites. Yeah. Uh, in, right now, this uh, the current commissioners are wanting to pass. This is a big zoning uh, change, which is 208 pages long. I can't find a copy anywhere. Mm-hmm. I keep saying, where's where's a clean copy? They're working on a copy, but there's not one anybody can sit down and read yet. And so that zoning change has some impact on people. And there's a lot of people who are not happy with this zoning change. And they have a right to be. Now, there's nothing I can do because I think they, they can get that passed before I get there in, in January. But I think that if they're not happy with this zoning change like you have to mow your grass down to two inches on casper mountain and there's a 750 dollars fine that kind of thing i don't think that should be done to our people right so so but there are some good things about it because we do need some sort of zoning but here you have all this money and i can point to you all kinds of things that need to be done in this county to make it better for the residents so how do they get a hold of you again uh, Dallas Laird at mag.com or just call me on my, on my uh, office number which is 265-6352 Coming up on 930 News Time Right after that, update on your weather forecast and open phones 888 woods Wake Up Wyoming Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS.
36 the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Back to the phones we go. 888 Woods, the phone number 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Good morning, Pat. Uh, good morning, Glenn. What you got for me? Um, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to uh, put have my thoughts on the uh, surplus there in Gillette. Okay. Well, the surplus um, was in Casper. The other, uh, I had two guests on. So you're talking about the, the gentleman I just had on? Right. Okay, that's in Casper, Wyoming. Go ahead. In uh, in Minnesota, every every so often, if there's a surplus in the state, uh, the state will will do a uh, will do a rebate. Okay. And, and it'll divide evenly among people in Minnesota. And uh, I don't. I've never heard of it being done for property tax, but it sounds like. A budget a surplus that came from property tax. Well, they sold a hospital, and that was about a hundred million dollars. So now they have that money. So what would you do with the money? And uh, the gentleman that was just here was explaining part of what he has as a vision for what he would do with that money and some other ideas as well. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's having a surplus. Um, yeah. You know, the the city can shop. You know, they can. Mm-hmm use their leverage to uh you know to get a good deal on projects okay um we have a civic center and it uh it gets kind of built bigger and has plans and so forth to be bigger and the the success of it is usually in the summer months and the events are outside yeah (laughs) they built a big building they do everything outside all right yeah but it is i mean it's an investment that the city made so too but uh yeah those are my thoughts all right thanks for calling i appreciate it well there's a couple of other people said if you have that much of a surplus go ahead and uh and give it back but all right triple eight 97 woods the phone number 888-97 w-o-o-d-s i like to now that gentleman uh pat laird was a uh, also he's, he's running for office candidate and he heard another one from running for mayor of gillette wyoming as well and in both cases here's where of course i just sit back and let them say what they want to say because they have their own ideas that way you can hear just flat out what they have to say and what they would like to do and my question is always the same to anybody who's running for office because as i told you i have one question that i ask people you get this job you get this gig what do you want to do with it and what i'm listening for is how much do you think that government should be doing as opposed to how much do you think the private sector should be doing how big do you think government should be how much should government be involved in uh, compared to how little should the government be involved in And so then I just kind of sit back and listen, and they usually tell me of their vision. And based on what they say as far as their vision, I can get a good idea as to whether this is someone I want in office or not. And it also gives me a good – because, you know, I'm a very limited, tiny, 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 tiny government kind of guy. So it gives me an idea of what size of government they want and how much power they want in government. But also what kind of projects, because there's a big difference, in my opinion anyway – what is a government responsibility for business projects and what would a uh, 
private responsibility be as well. And those things should be very separate. And most people who do have planning ideas, whether we're talking about Gillette or Laramie or Casper or whatever, they, wherever you might live, most people who have a big city planning ideas have really great visions and ideas for their cities. And I enjoy listening to what vision, how they picture what they would like to do for their city. So then it's a question always of, well, how do you get it done and who pays for it? There is, to me, is always the key when it comes to who I end up voting for, uh, who should be in charge of this and who pays for it. I listen carefully to that because, in my opinion, uh, your money belongs in your pocket most of all. Uh, here's from Mills, Wyoming. Buy back the hospital and let it be locally run with Wyoming values. Okay, that's one possibility there. Buy back the hospital. They had 100 million. There's even an idea as far as your taxes go. Here's something I had heard a while, which I had suggested to our guests. Uh, one of the ideas is even the state of Wyoming even suggested this too. And the state of Wyoming does this on a, a, a big level, but not big enough for as I'm concerned. Invest the money wisely. And then there's all sorts of interest and dividends, which means that local taxpayers don't have to pay as much in taxes because we have investments ruling through interest and dividends and things like that. Well, anyway, Dallas would like you to go ahead and get a hold of him because he has some ideas of what he would like to do. But here's an opportunity for you to tell him what you'd like to see done with the uh, with the money as well. And this is a good opportunity since he mentioned, you see, he's a candidate and he mentioned call me. One, I think, big advantage we have to living in a state like Wyoming, no matter where you are in the state, is that when it comes to not just candidates, but people in your government, no matter what size town you live in, you got a chance to talk to them. In many states, you never would. But in this state, you actually have a chance to talk to them in person if you want. 942 Wake Up Wyoming. Start the morning. News, weather, and a pocket full of opinions. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Nine forty-seven. The time. Wake up, Wyoming. Back we go to the ice box. Frank Gambino waiting by. So I am promising you, Frank, uh, in the next couple of minutes that we have to kill to completely waste your time. Oh no! no you know what? I, mm. the, the, the ten minutes an hour I, I spend with you for four yeah. hours is the is the highlight of my day. Yeah, so is it there, Frank? Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. Sure. I'm, well, kinda. at least it gets you out of your office for a while. Well, true, yeah. You get I to mean, talk nonsense, yeah. and people think you're actually working, but you're not. You're talking no, no, to me. No, I'm talking to you. Yeah. Okay. So I just I decided just for the fun of it, I went on Facebook and I just scrolled, and every time I saw a meme, I stopped and saved it. So I, I saved a few here. Okay. Being a trophy husband is exhausting. I've heard that. Yeah. I can't personally identify with that, okay. but, I've, but I've, that's what I've yeah. heard. Okay. I like this one. You have to be a thinker to get this one. A slice of apple pie in Jamaica is two dollars. It's two fifty in the Bahamas. These are the pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, ah, ha, ha. Everybody okay. funny. They're funny okay. too. This one I really like. Now there's a picture of a rock. This is Cliff. 
my emotional support pet rock. Remember pet rocks? Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. my sister what, had one of those. What a killing that person. Yes, made. but now, now, but here's the thing: my sister wanted a pet rock. My mom did not get her one. My mom went out and picked up a rock and brought it in and said, "Here you go." <laughs> anyway, and, and his name is Bill. <laughs> this is Cliff, my emotional support pet rock. I throw it at people who annoy me, which makes me feel better. <laughs> and that was a good. Part. That was good. I like yeah. that one. Okay. There's another one, though. This one's not bad. For those people out there in Wyoming that have chickens, mm -hmm. my emotional support animal is a chicken, a four-piece with a biscuit. Yeah. Yeah, okay. A See, little bit of gravy on the side. It's yeah. called comfort food, of Frank. Course. Yes. Yes, okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> now, this yes. one, Frank, I have saved the best for last. Now, I'll warn you, though, this is wrong, and I am not advocating anything, which is what makes it even more it's it just well just it's hysterical because of that because i'm not supposed to say this okay there's a picture of an old guy and he's driving the school bus he's smiling now of course he's a bus driver driving the school bus and smiling that right away should get you worried about what's going on yeah big time yeah afraid of dying alone become a school bus driver oh boy <laughs> Okay. That, you see what I mean? that, that's way. <laughs> oh way, yeah. Way on that's there. one of those. You're not supposed to say you that. Can't say that. No. <laughs> no. But I gotta tell you, Frank. When I look at this guy, he looks really happy. I'm sure he does. College football, Wyoming Cowboy running back Titus Swen named the Mountain West Conference Offensive Player of the Week after he ran the ball for 160 yards and three touchdowns in the Pokes' 28-14 win over Utah State on Saturday in Laramie. Cowboys weren't exactly flashy on Saturday night, but they certainly were effective with 330 yards rushing as a team on 50 carries. Quarterback Andrew Peasley, 13 of 26 for 199 yards with no touchdown passes. Cowboy defense really just stifled Utah State. They, the Aggies had 113 yards rushing and just 104 yards passing. So the Cowboys are 5-3 and three overall, 3-1 three and one in Mountain West Conference play with a road game at Hawaii on Saturday night. It's a long trip, and head coach Craig Bull wants to be ready. I mean, you're looking at carting all the equipment over there. Uh, you have a time change, uh, travel, lag, um, all those things. They, they play the games usually at 6 o'clock at night, which is 10 o'clock here. So your clock's in a different place. Um, and then, yeah, you know, you need to keep a team focused. Many times they'll be a football team. They're excited about going to Hawaii because they think it's somewhat of a vacation spot. And this is a business trip for us. So they won't see the beach, but it'll be a 10 p.m. kickoff from Honolulu on, on Saturday night. To the NFL, Denver Bronco quarterback Russell Wilson listed as day-to-day -day for Sunday's game against Jacksonville that will be in London. Wilson missed Sunday's 16-9 loss to the New York Jets that dropped them to 2-5 on the year. And the Bronco offense has been a brutal, averaging 14 points a game. Quarterback Brett Rippon in for Wilson threw for 225 yards last week, going 24-46. But the offensive woes really not was all his fault. There's issues all over the place, and the season is Slipping away quickly. High school volleyball, those regional tournaments will start on Friday. Cheyenne will host the 4A East with Laramie getting a number one seed. Cheyenne East is a two seed from the south. Natrona is a two seed from the north. Cheyenne Central, a three seed from the south. And Cheyenne South is a four seed. The 4A West Regional will be in Riverton. Kelly Walsh with one of the number one seeds in that deal. The 3A East Regional.
Regional will be in Wheatland, the 3A West in Lovell. Burns will host the 2A East Tournament. Lander hosting the 2A West and the 1A West. West Southeast and Yoder will host the 1A East. And the State High School Volleyball Tournament will be next week in Casper. That's it in sports for now. So these guys are going to go all the way to Hawaii. They're not going to be able to enjoy Hawaii. You know, you know it, it, they, they like to sequester those guys. Like I'm saying, in, in years past, yeah. they Wyoming would go out there and then they would not leave until Monday. Right. So they would give the kids a day just to kind of go to the beach yeah. and hang out. You know, it's Hawaii. Yeah. And I'm not sure exactly how that works this year, but they used to yeah. give them an extra day. Now, when, when and, it, and and this whole thing to like you know want to stay away from the distractions also applies when they go to Vegas. Right. You'd never that one in basketball they hardly ever stay at a hotel in Vegas that has a casino. Uh-huh. They're out somewhere else, like at a regular hotel. Yeah. And then if there is one, they don't even stay near the strip. At all, in years past, and tell the kids stay out of the casino. Okay. See, my thought would be, and if you win, you can do whatever you want. You know what? These kids get on a plane literally with a, a yeah. like a, a shirt, some sweatpants, and a yeah. sweat jacket, and their ID. Yeah. It, it, I don't even think I don't even think any these guys have any money. Okay. Well, the college students, of course, they don't have well, any yeah. money. I mean, what do you think? Real quick, though, I didn't ask you yesterday. So, so do you think they did well in in the game? They won. Oh, they they did exactly what they had to do. Okay. So no complaints then. No complaints. No complaints. All right. Thank you, friend. Hey, we're coming up on some local business. We have to take care. Roll into news time after that national local. Update on your weather forecast, then you and I go rolling back into it's wake up when Dear Gabby.